Now is your time to flinch. What up, everybody, and welcome back to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Of course, I am your host, B. Jones, and I'd like to thank everybody for listening to us. We're going to jump into a special edition series right now. We're going to jump into introducing you to Fledgeology, the team. So I'm going to go first. And today I'll be hopping out of my moderator seat and I'm going to invite Carol. What's going on, man? What's going on, Brett? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm going to invite Carol into my seat so he can run the show how he sees fit. Now, you know, once I get into the seat, I might not get out, right? Yes, I definitely, definitely took that into heavy consideration. However, you know, the people need to know who their moderator is. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. That way I can get back into my seat and on to hosting my show. All right. I mean, that all sounds good. But just just so you know, for this particular show, (laughs) it's going to be my show. So all the stuff that you're used to doing that you like to do, that's out the window. Just so you know. That's all fair. Okay, so you ready? You good? You good with all that? All right, man. I think I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm the guest today. Okay, so with that being said, you know, I don't go anywhere without my DJ, Barry B. Fresh. So, Barry B., hit me with that intro track. That's right. We're going to start all over again. (laughs) Go ahead. Hit him with that track, man. Welcome to the 13th floor, ladies and gentlemen, where the furniture isn't the best, but the views are amazing. I am your host today, the prolific one, also known as Carol, also known as the disruptor. That's right. I disrupt your life. That's what I do. Just like I disrupted B. Jones's ability to host this show. But speaking of B. Jones, he is our special invited guest today. I noticed I said invited. Uh, <laughs> he be- invited me to my show. Y'all hear this? <laughs> We, we we will be kicking off the special series uh, where you get to meet Team Fledgeology and all of our Fledge mates. Uh, Brett was kind enough to go first, so uh, you all don't know it, but we're a very, very rambunctious group. And uh, it takes a hell of a person to be able to manage all the different personalities that you all will meet. And I think you all will agree by the time we get through this series. So. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, B. Jones. What's good? What's happening? Let's get into the show, man. I'm ready. All right, man. You sound real excited to be a guest, man. That's good. That's good. I like <laughs> your excitement with being a guest. <laughs> I'm just so, happy to talk to the people, man. You know, I don't think that the, you know, the way that we formatted the show as, you know, as we started out, they didn't really get a chance to, you know, get to know who I am, who you were, who the team was. They just got to, you know, experience us speaking on various topics. So this is an opportunity to, you know, let them inside a little bit. I agree. So we're going to do that and we're going to kick it off right now. So Brett Jones, also known as B. Jones, also known as the moderator uh give us a little background into who b jones how how you even got here talk to us a little bit about you know just your history you know where were you born your family life and let's start there so i was born in florida i'm a florida boy at heart uh summer florida uh i was born in st pete and you know from there family background i have a military background so Born in Florida, moved around a whole lot, man. I can remember, you know, we were in Alabama at one point, Alaska, 
back to Florida to Georgia, back to Florida, and then ultimately ended up in Virginia. So Florida born, but Virginia raised. Shout out Petersburg, 804, two up, two down. Uh, Petersburg, Virginia is for the most part what made me. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the early history. Uh, allow me to stop you there. So you said that you were born in St. Pete. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Florida, that's St. Petersburg, Florida. It's on the west coast of Florida, between yeah, yeah. Tampa, Tampa area. Uh, so that's where he's from. Yeah, man, Juk City, man, we do it. Juk City. Okay, okay, nice. <laughs> you mentioned that you were in a military family and you moved around quite a bit. And one of the places that you mentioned was Alaska. And there are not that many people that are familiar with Alaska. Um, however, I am. So I know that if you were in the military, if your father was in the military, he was either in the Anchorage or Fairbanks. So which one were you in? Right. We were in Anchorage. So, yeah, for all those who aren't too familiar with Alaska, I'm going to give you two things, man, that you have. You will see if you're in Alaska. Maybe not the second, but the first one is a moose. All right. And when I was a youth, I woke up one morning, like four or five years old, something like that and huge animal just chilling in my backyard like just chilling it was a bullwinkle bullwinkle it was a bullwinkle in the yard <laughs> sitting in the backyard and this thing is huge so you will see moose in alaska and the other thing i can recall like that's just uh, a real funny funny experience um so if you're familiar with dumb and dumber and you know when they were on the ski lift and the guy licks the ski lift and his tongue actually gets stuck to the ski lift so we're in Alaska, I was outside and some young man, unbeknownst to me, uh, decided to lick the light pole in freezing temperature. So of course, his tongue actually ended up getting stuck to the light pole. So I got to see that whole experience, him crying, mommy, mommy, mommy. But we're like, because ah, 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 his tongue is stuck to the light pole. And then, you know, the ambulance comes, they heat up the pole and everything. It was it was pretty interesting. So was that from Dumb and Dumber or was that from a Christmas story? Because I remember seeing that in a Christmas story. I definitely I can recall it in Dumb and Dumber. I don't know that I've ever seen a Christmas story, um, but yeah, it definitely Man, you, happened in real life. You've, you've never seen Ralphie that wanted the shotgun, the BB gun for Christmas, and they were always like, you're going to shoot your eye out uh nah man that doesn't ring any bells <laughs> all right man you need to put that on your list of movies to watch uh next holiday season i'll add so, it to the list with the matrix so yeah yes please do uh, another great movie the matrix one of my personal favorites so the military you moved around a lot big family small family what, what does that look like uh, yeah, so me, my dad, my mom, uh, I have a brother who was actually born in Alaska. So, yeah, he's an Eskimo. And I have two sisters, one who is actually in Hawaii right now and then another one that's back in St. Petersburg uh, today. So not yeah, huge so, family, but yeah. And I am the oldest of the bunch. Oh, nice. So you're the oldest brother, which you're not the oldest in this group. Which not at all. I'm sure that I'm sure that plays a dynamic for you. Uh, considering that you've never seen a Christmas story, there's certain wrestlers that you don't know, <laughs> never heard of. And that's okay. Keep hanging around. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll rub off on you and things will be fine. Yeah, you know, I'm always thankful for the wisdom from the old souls, man, you know. The old souls. Remember, this is my show. Please don't be... <laughs> I can't have you removed from the studio. 
just just remember those things okay nobody cares about who you are today uh in the studio so you can't get put out so the military man a lot of moving around i'm a little bit familiar with what that looks like i've actually been to alaska because my brother was stationed there so i'll i'll save that for my turn to intro myself i'm sure that'll be a great show uh but in the meantime uh, I come from a long line of, of military folks, so I know what that moving around is like. So how did that help shape you in the early days? What what was that experience like? Um, it's not, I, it wasn't so difficult on me um, because, I don't know, it's just something you kind of get used to. You know, I was in Anchorage for three years, then I moved back to Florida to start school, and then I was there for a year and a half, and then to Georgia for three years, and then it's like every time, or, or you only in a set area for three years, so you know, after a certain time, a certain amount of time, you're just like, oh, it's, it's on to the next thing. But you learn to deal with that, and then you also learn how to make, I guess, some meaningful relationships with those who you're around. It's, it's you know, you make friends, you meet new people, so you're able to learn how to make those relationships, even though I don't, I didn't really feel like I got like lifelong friends until I actually ended up in Virginia, because that's where I was the longest. Yeah, it's amazing what travel will do for you and how travel makes you see the world in a different light, even if it's just traveling from St. Petersburg to Alaska to Georgia I mean those were all three totally different scenes that you were in right and I mean I probably couldn't speak so much to I guess you know cultural or living differences just because I was so young um, but you know it, it definitely does change you a little bit all right so those are the younger years let's let's fast forward to maybe high school w where did you attend high school so high school, that was when I got to, well, I was in Virginia uh, long before I got to high school, but high school, Petersburg High School, um, you know, I was a three-sport athlete, graduated valedictorian. Uh, so, you know, I, I really enjoyed my high school years. Uh, it really helped shape me, especially with the sports and things, and then being an athlete, a, a true student athlete, because I had good grades and I could play on the field, so. Right, so you said valedictorian. Yeah. Is, is, that the, is that the number one person or the number two? That's the number one person, right? Salutatorian is the second person? Right. Right. I wasn't in the running for either one of those, so that's why I don't <laughs> really know. It's cool, I man. It's actually a, a funny story around that because actually, like, I, I wasn't supposed to get it. Um, this The chick, you know, that was right ahead of me by, like, points, such and such a points, um, the, the young lady. Young lady. Young lady. I'm sorry. Yes. The young lady that was ahead of me by a certain amount of points. For whatever reason, she decided to like give it up at the end of the year, man. She ain't turning some assignment. And I was just like, hey, you know, if, if that we all we took all the same classes and we turned in all the same work. And she just like, I don't know if it was some type of pressure. Maybe she didn't want to get up and give the speech. I don't know. But it ended up landing in my lap and, you know, I felt like, hey, I worked for it. I did what I needed to do. So it's mine. I'm taking it. You know what it was. They call it what they call it. Senioritis, something like that. So yeah. she had probably been working her tail off from kindergarten and just burned out at the end. Yeah, she was definitely but, that tight. But hey, it is what it is. All right. So three three sport athlete. What three sports did you play? 
I played uh, football, basketball, and track. So football was the love. Uh, basketball was just fun. And then track, I was just exceptionally good at. So I stuck with that from high school into college. Most people are, are, aren't are even gifted at one sport, but to play three different sports, uh, that just shows your diversity and, and, and you know, just a unique skill set. So not only were you a valedictorian, but you're also playing three sports. And you mentioned track. And I think track is quite different from the other sports. So I ran a little bit of track in high school. I wasn't fast or anything like that. I was average at best, but my coach said I had a big heart. Hey man, that's some, sometimes that's, I'll take that because you know, um, when you talk about having a team and you talking about somebody giving maximum effort, it's dudes out here that are super duper talented, you know, can dust anybody, catch such such balls, run the fastest 40, but I'll definitely take a guy on my team that has heart every day of the week because you know he's gonna work for a common goal and he might mess around and be the Rudy of the bunch and surprise some folk. Yeah, so uh, my biggest thing was um, I got, I did a little bit of uh, shot put in discus. Okay. Big man. Girl, you ain't that big though. I'm not that big, uh, (laughs) but when it came to the big man relay, I don't know if you all did the big man relay. definitely did the big man. I love the big man relay, man. That is hilarious. I was I was the fastest dude in the big man relay, so I got to get my props at the end of, of, of every track meet. It was awesome. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more, a few podcasts from now. But talk to me about the dynamic between a team sport like football and basketball and how that differentiates itself when it comes to track. Um, So basketball is just different in itself because it's five dudes on the court and those five dudes have to move in sync at all times. So they're all, I, I feel like, focused on a common goal. Um, there, there's not a whole bunch of separation there. Football, you get a lot more separation when you, you transition that from basketball because you got offense and defense. So, you know, when you're in practice, you're trying to show that, yeah, I'm, I'm better than you. I'm, I'm on offense. I'm the best dude on offense versus the defense trying to knock your head off and show you why they the best on defense. So making sure that that translates into an in-sync attitude on the field on Friday night or Saturday night, Saturday night or whenever you play can can be a difficult dynamic because if you know the defense feel like the offense ain't carrying their weight or vice versa it can be you know some headaches in the locker room um and i've i've <laughs> bear witness to some of those um but then you get the track and you know I, track is an individual team sport you know because you get you get placed individually you get medals individually you score points individually and you can see a lot of success individually whereas you you may be the stud on your team going to state meets national meets but your team is at home on saturdays or at home during those times so um you know that dynamic is a little bit different because then your role kind of shifts you you if you're that leader on the team then you you have to really lead that team when you're in those dual meets or you're in those saturday meets where people are competing to make them feel like they're still a part of something and not that they're i guess they pale in comparison to your shadow or your light Mm-hmm. Well, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I like to do that, even though it's my show right now. Uh, I felt like during track, it was a different type of camaraderie and a different type of teamwork because nobody was really encouraging you 
to go out there and root for your team member, but you had a lot of time in between events. Yeah. If you did multiple events. Yeah. But I felt that's where you truly saw somebody's team spirit come out or yeah. your support for for a teammate because that's when you would go and hype somebody up. So for somebody like me, I was somebody that they would come to hype up at the end because they knew I was going to be in the big man race and I was going to be the last leg. Right. Four by one. So, okay, nice, man. That's 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 awesome, man. And again, these are just things that have made you who you are today. And even in what we do in Fledgeology, I can always see those things that you do that are kind of behind the scenes where you're getting us points and it counts to our overall team goal. Um, so I'm not going to thank you now. I'll thank you at the end of the podcast. Hopefully, <laughs> we make it all the way to the end without me firing you. Hey, um, man, from we ain't this going nowhere, baby. Nice. So you, you mentioned that you ran track in college as well. So we'll use that as the transition to the next phase of your life, which would be college. And for all of the listeners out there, where did you go to school? It's all about the U, baby. University of Miami Hurricanes. I bleed orange and green and I can't stand that garnet and gold. So yeah, all about the University of Miami, baby. Yeah, the garnet and gold, the blue and orange, the gold and black, uh, all, all of that. There's only one school in Florida as far as we're concerned. Uh, for those of you that don't know, majority of Team Fledgeology are University of Miami Hurricanes. So um, yeah. I'll, I'll let you all marinate on that for a second. All right, awesome. <laughs> what was college like? What was college like for Brett Jones? Man, college was the best four and a half years of my life, man. You talk about a little country slash city boy coming from Petersburg, Virginia, going all the way down to University of Miami, Miami, the bright lights, big city. So that in itself was just you know, amazing just to have that experience. But then, you know, the relationships that were made, um, the activity activities I was able to participate in, um, running track at a high level, you know, at the university, all of it was great, man. I wouldn't trade it for anything. What was your journey like? So take us through your freshman year. What, what was it like when you first arrived on campus? <laughs> really? Uh, honestly, man, it was a culture shock. Cause so when I tell you I come from Petersburg, man, and the nicest car you see driving down the street might be a Lexus ES300. Then you get into Miami, and I'm 17 at the time. And I'm at school with other 17-year-olds that are driving BMWs, three, uh, uh, yeah, three series BMWs, five series BMWs, Mercedes. Um, at the time, the, the Hummer was the the big thing I'm, I'm at school with students driving this so you know to me it was like I, I i i never imagined being around this type of atmosphere so it was definitely a culture shock but and you know as a freshman um i don't know i i definitely grew up <laughs> a lot my freshman year and then even more the subsequent years because i just i was on my own um you know a lot of a lot of things happen, you know, to you as a freshman, you know, it's like your, your cherry gets popped in so many different, different ways. So, um, you know, I was just, you know, happy that I was one of the ones who made it back the second semester and then the second year. Um, and I just was able to keep focus. Um, and I'll credit that 
to one of my football coaches because uh, before I left for school, he, you know, had conversations with me telling me, you know, how it was going to be as an athlete going down to this big university. And one of the things he he told me, and I, it stuck with me even to this day, when I was doing my master's program, I still had that same type of schedule. But he was like, look, if you do school Monday through Thursday, everything else will take care of itself. And so that's kind of what I feel like got me through because I was all about the books for the majority of the time, Monday through Thursday from a, you know 8 a.m. to about 9, 10 p.m. or whatnot. And then after that, you know, I got to have a little fun. So, yeah. Prioritizing is definitely one of the keys to being successful at school and even beyond school, even careers, family life. Prioritizing is key. So that's great that you have somebody there to give you that type of guidance. What was your major? <laughs> uh, the major was computer information systems. I, I switched it from athletic training when I first got there uh, because the clinical hours and me running track just didn't mesh well. So I knew I needed to do something else. Uh, and yeah, I was always interested in computers. I did a lot of that in high school. So information systems was the major. And, and nobody realized that you were going to be a student athlete and you were going to take this. You were going to start this major athletic training that was going to require time that you didn't have. Nah, man, nobody, uh, no, nobody gave me that good counsel before I, I decided to sign up because, I mean, I had always been interested in being a doctor. So I figured the, I figured the athletic training would allow me to do both and I would be able to be on the track, be in a training facility. When I graduate, I can go to orthopedic school. Um, you know, and finish out that way. But those clinical hours, I just didn't account for that. Nobody I knew helped me out with that. So it was just like, oh, after that first semester, I was like, uh, I need to, I need to see my advisor. We're gonna have to switch this because it only grows exponentially as you get further into your career. Absolutely, absolutely, the truth. That was freshman year. You switched from from athletic training to computer information systems. Right. What other things did you do while you were at school? Because I always try to tell people that the classroom is the classroom, but then the time outside of the classroom is still the classroom. So what other things did you get yourself involved in? Um, so you had track. Um, I was involved with a few organizations. Bond, I was involved with for a little while. Uh, UBS, United Black Students, for a little while. And then my sophomore year in the spring is when I got involved with the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Shouts to the bros, Omicron Delta Chapter. We out here, root to the Qs. And um, yeah, that became, um, like you said, <laughs> just as much learning as school was. So, you know, after class, after practice or whatever, um, then I started spending a whole lot more time with the with the cues, um, doing a lot of stuff from, you know, civic activities, community service, mentoring programs to throwing parties and things of that nature. So we was all over the place in Miami at the time. Yeah, for all the high school students out there that may be listening or the people that are already enrolled in college and you still have time left. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take advantage of that small fishbowl of life because everything that you get in real life is right there on your campus, your college, your university, whatever you call it, it is there. The politics is there, 
the whatever you want to call it, the classism, it's all there at your institution. Get involved. You'll be much you'll be a much better person in society for it. Yeah, especially like coming from UM. I mean, I felt like there's an organization for everybody. So whatever your interest is, I guarantee you can find something to get into. If you end up being one of those people that just get up and go to class every day and come home and study, I promise you, you will hate those next four years. But if you are involved and you, you get, you know, you get involved in these organizations, spending your free time. And then if you get involved in like the city or the community or whatever it is that, you know, floats your boat or makes you feel good, it's going to make that time go by so much faster. And you're going to get a greater appreciation for the time you spent there. You talked about Omega Sci-Fi. What made you pledge Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated? Uh, it was my coaches, my coaches in high school. Um, all of them, well, my football coaches, I should say, they were all men of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity. And for me, it was the way that they carried themselves in the school and the way that they kind of treated us on the football field and on the track. Um, you know, it was almost like, you know, they were the father figures, you know, they kept me out of trouble. Even though I had a good head on my shoulders, it's easy to get caught up you know, in the nonsense going on around you as a teenager. Um, and I was really thankful for that. You know, they, they pushed me on the track. They pushed me in school. They helped me get to the University of Miami. And I just felt like I wouldn't be all of who I was or where I was without them. And then just looking up to them, man, I liked the way, you know, the air that they walked with. And I was like, yeah, I want to walk with that same air. I want to be around those same type of people. Um, and then I went on a couple of visits. I think I went to Morgan State for uh, a visit and uh, it was during homecoming and the queues the out there were, were doing something and I had seen a couple step shows and after that it was like that was it. That was one of the first things I did as a freshman when I got to UN was send that letter to Dean Wilson like hey I'm trying to you know get on with the queues. how do I do that? I know a lot of cues, and you said something that made me raise my eyebrow a little bit. You said the cues kept you out of trouble. <laughs> is that is that is that right? Like Yeah man. Yeah man. Cues kept me out of trouble. They kept my head on straight as a teenager. Okay. Cause, cause I know a lot out. of cues and I and I'm not even a cue and I got in a lot of trouble hanging with some cues. So So I, all I will say to that is adults, you know, grown men they uh they do what they want you know but as a as a teenager you know the cues guided me the right way they kept me on as close to the straight and narrow as possible and made me make good decisions i i remember one of my coaches always used to say when you live right the right things happen so you know at, at, at the time that's all i was trying to do and they they did they helped me do that i'll take that so let me just clean it up i i didn't really get in any trouble I've had some of the most fun in my life has been hanging around the Q's. And I'm going to preface that with saying the Q's didn't get him in trouble because he a grown man. (laughs) If he got in trouble, he got him in trouble. (laughs) Just so you know, um, since the time that you've known me, I wasn't always this age. I was younger at some point, too. So you're saying I was a grown man, but I'm just letting you know at some point I I was younger. I didn't just come out the womb this age. That's fair. Settle down. Settle down before I mute your microphone. (laughs) Let's fast forward to graduation, man. So you graduate with computer information systems? Graduate with this CIS degree. 
I'm thinking, yeah, when I graduate with this, I'm um, getting into the government. You know, I wanted to work in networking, um, but I knew, you know, you kind of got to build up to that. But so I was I was doing an internship a little while before I graduated. And, and what year is this? I graduated in 2008. Um, so December. Oh, of okay yeah so even me just saying what year it was he already know what time it is so yeah i graduate with this nice cis degree and you know i'm like oh yeah i'm ready for the world and then life smacks me dead in the face soon as i walk uh as soon as i get off that that honeymoon or get off the stage get out of that honeymoon stage of graduation and I start applying for these jobs and I'm just getting hit with all these hiring freezes or no, we can't take any entry level positions right now or no, we can't help you with the training or, hey, I have this unpaid internship you can take. How about we go that route? And I'm just like, man, you know, I've been in college for the last four and a half years. You know, I've been working, you know, as a bus boy here and a table worker there. And, you know, I got rent to pay that I'm probably like three months behind on. And you telling me what? So long story short, my first job out of college had nothing to do with my major. My first kind of sort of real job was a hotel security guard. And I didn't get that until three months and yeah, three months after I graduated. So it was wow. Wow. So did you get to walk around with a computer or anything like to make you feel like using the degree? I mean, I had my own computer. I helped my friends, you know, remove viruses here and there. I would upgrade, you know, people's stuff every so often. But outside of that, man, I wasn't in nobody's network. I wasn't, you know, doing any uh, what you call it, uh, imaging images on anybody's network computers, upgrade no software. I wasn't working no firewalls, no servers, no anything. I'm walking up and downstairs at a hotel. So you've got a bachelor's degree from a pretty well-respected institution and you're going around, can't find a job. Yeah, man. I feel like uh, that whole college thing, man, I think it's one of the bigger um, finagles or shams or, you know, just scams in life. Um, if you don't do it the right way um, and I'm not saying that you know don't go to college you know don't better yourself whatever but I really do feel like you got to know what you're doing before you get there because if you're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer um, it might not make that much sense and I mean I guess we'll save that for a later date but yeah that's my stance on it yeah we will save that and I think the key there is that if you go there blindly and don't know what you need to do for the right outcome right i think you definitely need to be able to leverage people that have been there in order to do things efficiently and come out of there in the best possible situation awesome so when did you finally what what was the first job that enabled (laughs) you to pay the bill collectors you know what would you say was your first job that really started you off in your professional career? So I would say the first job that started me off in my professional career, which had nothing to do with computers, by the way, would be when I uh, started working with uh, this charter bus company, American Coach, down in Miami. Um, and the reason I say that is because um, I was given, and I do say given because I probably didn't deserve it at the time, but I was given an opportunity in a supervisory role and I I had to grow up a lot in that role. Um, Shout out to Jay Kelly, one of my fraternity brothers who took a chance on me and saw me through that situation. But um, that's probably what started me 
in my professional career as far as like I guess management is concerned. Um, yeah, and then I took. And, and, and what did you do for the bus company? I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> so I was an operations supervisor, man. So you know, I was respo- I, I was a dispatcher at some points, but I was responsible. You know, I was a customer. Uh, liaison so we would get contracts uh, from like Royal Caribbean the cruise lines Costa cruise lines or you know the Nasdaq I forget the name of that tennis tournament that they used to do in Miami or the US Open uh, I don't think it's the U. I think it's the Nasdaq Open I, for whatever reason I think it's Sony Nasdaq because it's down in like the Grove or somewhere um, it might be but I have no idea one of those tennis tournaments uh, but some, something like that or even the Orange Bowl that they do every year so i would work those contracts and basically make sure that the uh the buses were running their shuttle route or whatever it is to and from wherever they needed to go on time and that the customers were getting exceptional customer service (laughs) again no computer right not unless i was in the dispatch office and checking people's routes or writing a schedule nah no computers (laughs) no computers all right, so let's 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 fast forward a little bit in in your career. Um, what do you do now? Uh, so now I work with CarMax. I'm a buyer at CarMax. Um, still limited computer stuff, but before I got there, man, um, I did try to get back into into the computer thing. Um, I actually left Miami in 2011. Uh, partially because I was supposed to go into the military at that point in time and it just didn't work out. Um, And so I left Miami. I went back to St. Pete with my grandmother and stayed there to try to rebuild. I got on with Target. And while I was working at Target, you know, stocking shelves or whatnot, I eventually, you know, uh, got promoted into a management position. But during that time, I was back in getting my certifications, things that I needed that were tangible that I thought would make me more marketable as somebody looking to get into the computer field. Uh, so I was doing that and you know that still didn't generate the leads that I wanted it to. I still didn't come up with any type of computer job. But the experience that I got from Target in retail management is what led me to CarMax to continue with that retail management. So that has kind of been, I think, me taking advantage of my leadership capability um, that has helped me see some success in that area. All right, but still no computers. Nope, no computers. Not outside of my own, you know, tinkering and uh, playing with my own computer. You know, I tried to upgrade the RAM on my computer a couple days ago, man, and I swear, uh, you know, they hide the screws on these things pretty well. But outside of upgrading, uh, you know, RAM, virus removal, and, you know, plants helping set up people's networks, um, nah, no computer stuff. All right. Have you done any additional school after University of Miami or, or was was that it at that point? Oh, no, nah, man. Um, so once I kind of realized, um, I guess I, I came to the realization that the computer thing just wasn't going to go where I wanted it to. Um, I went back to school to get my MBA because I've been working in retail for so long. Um, I kind of got a knack for it. You know, I got good at it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get my MBA because I do have you know, ideas of businesses and things that I want to get involved with. And I think that that, you know, would help just having that piece of paper. And then it was a personal goal as well, man. I, I felt like I, uh, I started a graduate degree sometime after I left Miami and I had to put that down for, uh, 
going through personal reasons, my car got stolen uh, when I was in Miami and I wasn't able to get back and forth to class, so I had to drop. Um, so I figured, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and finish it out this time. And uh, yeah, I finished my MBA uh, last year. And yeah, so. What I'm hearing is a lot of just adversity, man, and diversity, <laughs> and just, just a lot of things. So how did you stay positive throughout all this? Or or did you stay positive? Were, were there some dark days in there? Oh, yeah, how did, man. How did that happen? Um, there was a lot of dark days, man. When my car got stolen, that was a big one because I had just started this um, IT uh, master's with Nova and I'm busting my head like cause some of this stuff I didn't learn in undergrad. So I'm having to spend a whole lot of time like studying and catching up. But it, it is what it is. I was loving the classes and everything. So I'm working real hard. And then like the day of a test, like the first test of the semester, my car gets stolen right from out front of my job at the hotel security thing. So and the reason that was so depressing is because one, I hadn't had my own car the whole time I was down in Miami. I was either bumming rides or borrowing somebody else's car. So when I finally got the money up to get my own, not only did, <laughs> man, that car, the Jimmy, man, uh, Jimmy had soul. <laughs> 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 I had a GMC Jimmy, Jimmy man. Got, Jimmy got, Jimmy got soul. Jimmy had soul, man. So when I first got the car, I ended up wrecking it and getting it fixed. I wrecked it because some some police officer decided to shine his light in the back of my window and it distracted me and there was another car pulled over in the median on the side of the road so i ended up side swiping that joint almost lost my life that night me and jay sweet was in the car together um but luckily enough you know the universal god the grace of god i was able to swerve enough to just side swipe it and not hit it head on um but that happened and then i got it fixed and like a week later like after i got it fixed it got stolen and not only did the car get stolen, my boots were in the car. When I say my boots, I mean my gold boots. So as the cues, you know, we wear gold boots. My gold boots were in the back of the car. They could have had everything else in that car, but if they would have left my boots, I would have been, I probably would have been all right. So were those the boots that you pledged in? They were the boots that I pledged in. Oh, that's terrible, man. Yeah. So you, you you do realize that somebody from the, from the shop, you got to fix that, stole your vehicle, right? <laughs> it might be i don't know uh i don't know man because like the shop i got to fix that it was a it was a haitian dude i knew on the north side of miami so and we were doing business together i mean he could have i ain't, i don't know but we we did a lot of business together after that so i don't know i have my theories I just around go, how my car got I, stolen I, I just want to go back so you were working security at this time Yes, I was working security and the lot that my car got stolen and was right across from the juvenile detention center. Awesome. So <laughs> it was a juvenile detention center and you were working security and your vehicle got stolen. Yes. But the moral of this story or the real point of this story was, yes, dark days. That was probably one of my most depressed points in life. Um, and I had some others after that when the military thing didn't work out. Uh, I was kind of messed up about that because I had to, you know, humble myself and I had been on my own for so long. I had to move back in with my grandmother back in St. Pete and start all over. Um, and it's yeah, I did slip into like a little bit of a depression. But luckily enough, um, you know, I had a great support system 
you know, my lady now, she was around for all of that stuff. She was around for a lot of these things. Um, and she really helped me get through the those those hard times and then my family. And I had a lot of good friends. And so it's really hard to, to stay depressed when the people around you keep you uplifted and they keep you busy and keep you out of your head. And eventually, you know, you get out of it. And I always knew I wanted more. So I still had that internal spark. So that with that spark with their help and their support you know i was able to come up out of it and you know start back up audience did you hear that the importance of having the right people around you a lot of us we just have bums around us that all they do is mooch off of us and they take advantage of us and we're always the ones that are helping them but you see the value in having people around you that can help you so all right let's move on man so what what does your family look like now What's your family like? Oh, man. So, you know, my lady, Kristen, you know, she's in uh, a dental student, second year, University of Maryland Dental School. I have a beautiful daughter, Nia, and I have a handsome young man, young Q-Dog in the training, uh, Kellen. He's uh, my daughter is seven and he is three. So it's all four of us. That's great, man. That sounds like a beautiful family, man. And. Throughout all of this, I haven't heard anything to say that you have the qualifications to be a moderator. <laughs> like, I didn't hear anything about patients, classes, or, you know, internships at radio stations. I didn't hear any of that. You know what qualified me to be the moderator? What qualified you to be a moderator? You. Because the reason I'm in this position right here as the moderator, not right now, right now, because this is obviously, you know, Carol's show today. But Carol is the one that put me in this seat, man. So he saw enough in me. He uh, I mean, he could probably tell the story better than I can. You know, it was my idea, I guess, for the podcast. And, you know, he threw me in the fire and was like, hey, this is something I want to see you do. And we're going to work at it. I was just like, uh, yeah, speaking is not my my forte. I don't I don't I don't know. This is not this is not my comfort zone. I'm not good with this. Um, but yeah, then you threw me in there. I started, you know, hey, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And, you know, that's what qualifies me. Your confidence and my ability is what qualifies me. Right. So uh, uh, a great speaker by the name of Les Brown said sometimes you have to work on the through the confidence of somebody else that somebody else has in you before you can have it in yourself i might not i might have messed that quote all up but it's okay <laughs> get the general gist of it so i, I want to go back to something you said earlier when you were talking about seeing somebody get their tongue stuck on the flagpole was that person you <laughs> Nah, man, that wasn't me. I told you, it was a young man out there. I don't, you know, recall who he was. I don't remember his name, but that wasn't me. That's my story. I'm see, sticking to it. I, I, see, I, see, I was trying to get you to contribute to another story. You weren't picking up what I was putting down, but you're right. So you told me that this was not your comfort zone, being a moderator, being a host, speaking. Um, for those of you that don't know, Brett, when you see him, he's always going to be the quiet person in the room. He's more of an observer. And then when he finally has something to talk, which that could be months from now, um, <laughs> it's it's valid. But we, we, we do receive all the feedback that people give us about the podcast. And, you know, people talk about Brad and his voice. And, you know, he's actually he actually got a pretty sexy voice. You know, I'm securing my manhood. So I can say that. <laughs> he got a pretty sexy voice. So. 
it's amazing that people are listening. I can't listen to them. I can't listen to them. Uh, but that, this is just an example of somebody stepping out of their comfort zone and fledging. Um, and we definitely want to thank him because he puts a lot of work into this and he has a disability. Uh, his tongue has never quite recovered from being stuck to that flagpole. And I need you all. Look, Fledgeology is an equal opportunity employer. We do not discriminate. So I need you all to get off of Brett. He's going to keep, continue to evolve and to grow. Um, and you all get to see it uh, week to week. I so let, let's let to that statement. Like I said, man, that was a, that was a great story. Do not mess up a perfectly good story, man. Have you not seen what is that? Beverly Hills Cop Two. Don't mess up a perfectly good story, man. That was a great um, reason as for what we're going through. What we're going through right now. All right, man. Let's talk about Fledgeology. So people know you as the moderator, but what do you bring to Team Fledgeology? Um, how did you here? How did I get here? Um, so, how did I get here? So, when I took the, when I started in CarMax, I started in Miami. I took a transfer up to Maryland when Kristen got accepted to dental school, and Carol happened to be my uh, my immediate supervisor boss for that a uh, portion of my CarMax uh, career. And in that, uh, Carol knows a lot of people from the University of Miami, from you know my circle. Um, one of his best friends is actually one of my best friends so um you know when i got up here getting to know carol we used to hang out talk or whatever we, he mentioned fledgeology and it was still i guess in its early infant stages and so when he mentioned it you know we would talk lightly of it but as i finished up my mba i was talking with carol one day and he was you know expressing you know some of the things that they were doing and i was just like you know i had worked with this guy for some time I heard him speak. Uh, I knew he wanted to be the he, he wanted to be a motivational speaker, and because of the way he spoke. So you got to understand when Carol, we're in an office setting, corporate environment. He's speaking to a team of individuals. However, he never spoke in a manner where it was just about the office. Everything he said, it always resonated on a deeper level or something like that would transpire or, or transfer into your life, like how you could live. So his messages were just like always amazing. And so knowing that, knowing his gift um, and just seeing that that great potential in him, I was like, man, I want to help him realize this. And so that that's what brought me to Fledgeology. And we appreciate uh, your contribution to Fledgeology. And I definitely appreciate you uh, trying to help me realize my dream. And hopefully you feel like I'm feeding that energy back into you and helping you to to realize your dreams. My, my ultimate goal for you is to give you a computer to work on one day and that you get paid. For it. <laughs> like, you know, all that stuff that you did back in the day was wasn't not. <laughs> uh, hey man, you know I call you Coach K for a reason, man. So you know it's it, it always uh, I, I accept all of that. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, look, man, let me let me thank you for all that you do for Fledgeology and uh, audience. I definitely want you guys to to stay tuned. There's so many things that the moderator, Brett, has planned for the podcast and he operates in so many different 
uh, capacities with Fledgeology, but this is the one that that he owns, and um, we're just grateful that we have him here. So, and then, man, let me tell you, I gotta thank you for letting me sit in your seat today and and run the controls and not being threatened that I was gonna fire you from this position. Um, you can definitely keep this. This is a lot of pressure. Um, I think you're the person for it, and we're gonna leave you here um, running the, running the show. So definitely tune in uh, for the next few podcasts. You all will get to meet some of the other Fledge mates and continue to subscribe and follow uh, Fledgeology and the 13th Floor. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, what else are we on, Brett? Stitcher, Overcast, Blog Talk Radio, wherever there's a podcast, a podcatcher as they call them, we're there. So definitely subscribe. Check us out, man. Um, and just get... Get some nuggets. We giving them out for free. You know these things are gonna help you transfer transfer <laughs> your your current state into something great. So go ahead. You know take that. It's for free. You can't beat free. Absolutely, absolutely. What he said is for free. Once again, we like thank you all for tuning in to the thirteenth floor. Brought to you by Fledgeology. The thirteenth floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. We're out. Great job, Carol. Great job. Now is your time to flinch.